What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hardcore Gamer Show, our show for gamers, made by gamers. I'm your hardcore host, Michael Colville. It's Sunday, June 26, 2022, and with me today, as always, are Vincent the Man Hand. Good to have you, Vincent. I won't save you. And you know him, you love him. He's got the best hat in the business. It's Nathan Ludall. Best hat, best head. You know what? It's fine either <laughs> way. It's right off the top, baby. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, this month here at HGZ, we did things a little bit differently, and we played two games for our game club. First up, Toem, the 2021 photo adventure from Something We Made, and Supergiant's 2014 sophomore release, Transistor. Listeners, remember, you can get in on the discussion by joining our Discord server tweeting to us at the HGZ show on Twitter, or by sending us an email to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. I'm excited to talk about our game club picks, and we don't have any time to waste, so let's get right into it. First up, tell them. Uh, Toem was released uh, just this last year, September 17th of 2021. Uh, it was developed and published by Something We Made, and the genre is a, it's a sort of adventure puzzle game. Um, Toem is a debut project from Swedish independent game studio, uh, Something We Made. The project was first conceptualized in 2018 by then-university students Lucas Golbo and Niklas Mikkelsen. Uh, they submitted an early prototype of Toem to a local game competition and won, before going on to develop and release the full game in 2021. Um, so in Toem, you control a young photographer tasked with climbing a mountain to witness a, a phenomenon known as Toem. Uh, you visit a few towns on your way and help locals by solving puzzles with your camera. When you finish helping someone, they add a stamp to your stamp book. And when you have enough stamps, you can ride the bus to the next area for free. Um, so I want to open up to your guys' thoughts on Toem, but I think one thing that you notice about this game right away is its style. And it has a very distinct style because the game's sort of all in black and white. And uh, you play in these kind of diorama-looking areas uh, with 3D objects, uh, but kind of 2D, uh, almost Paper Mario-like characters. Um, and then, of course, you can switch to first person to take photos with the camera. Um, so when I, got, when I started this game up, um, you know, I didn't know too much about it other than it's a photo adventure. Um, but then getting into it, seeing it for the first time, and moving around, I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy my experience with this game." Um, so, I, like I said, what are what are some of your guys' initial thoughts on uh, this cute little photo adventure? Nathan, I'll come to you first. What are some of your initial thoughts going into Toem here? It's super adorable. Like it's like it's the perfect like like summertime game, right? Like it's very like happy and joyful and short and like but like it's a good journey all the way through i i really enjoyed it and like like you said like it's so striking when you first get like start playing and like you know the character models and everything are like kind of like the 2.5d sort of but not really mm -hmm. and, but and then like when you look through the camera it adds a little more depth to it but 
Yeah, no, it's like super cute and super like, like it's, it, it comes across as simple, but it ha definitely has its own thing going for it. And I think between that and then the lovely music, like it's just, it's just a vibe all the way through. Yeah, I think you're right. It is kind of a vibe all the way through. And yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Like, uh, it's a game about photography. But like you said, it has this kind of striking, like black and white style throughout the whole thing. Um, Vincent, what are some of your initial thoughts on Toem? Uh, I really enjoyed seeing such uh, really uh, well animated, illustrated, sort of rendered 3D spaces in this sort of paper diorama that's uh also like I, I don't know it's so cool seeing this top-down 3d perspective and getting to turn it and see it and then switching to this first person mode and finding a sense of scale you are so small you are just a little thing i don't even know what your name is and um you go off on your adventure and when you pull out your camera you really can like actually see a shift of perspective um which isn't just the shift from a 3D to a first-person perspective. Like, you really are participating as this character and a photographer. Um, one of my favorite things about this game is a toggle in the camera that allows you to see if, uh, like, whether something you're pointing at is an object you can take a picture of, something you've already taken a picture of, something you can identify. Uh, it's like a sort of uh, smart AR filter. Uh, and there's a button, it's the L1 button, you can toggle that on and off. Um, it's beautiful for the vibe of this game. And Nathan, I think you're right, this is a summer game because you get to play whatever music you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do have a, a little Walkman as part of your equipment. Um, and yeah, Nathan, you mentioned the soundtrack and I don't want to pass by that because this game does have a really great soundtrack. Um, featuring a lot of music by Launchable Socks. Was was that the main band? Um, that's a great um, But yeah, you mentioning the shift of perspective um, as well. I think a, a really cool thing that happens is there's a lot of different puzzles and uh, solutions that you can get uh, by like looking at certain things that you hadn't seen before from from uh, the top-down perspective, you know, there's there's one point where I think there's a secret that's kind of like hidden underneath some some stairs, and you can't get that perspective uh, until you actually look at it from the first person through the camera. So there's so there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, they they like designed the puzzles. I thought pretty well, and that's kind of where I want to go next. Is like, what did you guys think of the puzzles? Because I think the conceit of the game is like pretty simple, you know, if you look at it just on its face, like, yeah, walk around and take some pictures. But what did you guys think of the puzzles? There were some, uh, there were some clever ones, I thought. Did, were there, what were your thoughts on them? Did you like them? Did you think uh, they, were, they were too simple, too complex at all? Vince, I'll come right back to you. I would say the puzzles are as complex as pointing your camera and taking a photo and like for, for better or for worse, right? There are some uh, cool elements where you get to put on some clothes and wear different things and sort of uh, act the part of a, a member of a community. Um, but a lot of times it boiled down to, are you looking at this thing long enough or are, are you at the right angle to take this photo? Did you take the photo of the right thing or at the right moment? Um, 
did you find all the secret little guys? Did you find all the secret little monsters? Like, how can you coax them out with all of your tools? It becomes like a really easy, like simple thing to solve. And um, coming off of playing bug snacks, I got to say, like pretty, pretty underwhelmed with the puzzles. Uh, mm. I, I understand that what this game is and what it does and what it asks of you isn't as like crucial or as like um, maybe laborious as bug snacks can be. And like some of the puzzle solvings and uh, catching mechanics and, mm -hmm. you know, task list is what you have with your stamp book. Um, but Tom's about the adventure, you know, it's not about figuring out the secret of bug snacks. It's about like making it up to the mountain in your own time and experiencing Tom. For sure. Uh, like we mentioned, it, it is really a vibe game. And I think, um, you know, I had mentioned how I did play it all the way through to get 100%, but I don't think that should be your ultimate goal at the very start when you go in. Like, you should play at your own pace. You should go to the next area, like, when you feel like going to the next area. But mm -hmm. I have to say, I did think that for what it tries to do, which isn't like a lot like it's still pretty simple but i was impressed by how many kind of new things that you get throughout the few levels because i think there's what four or five and i think they give you a new thing uh almost in every level which i was impressed by because again like uh at the very start you know it's it's just a game about taking pictures but the way that you end up getting a tripod and there's a few different shots or animals that you have to get by setting up a tripod and then actually moving away to get the animal to come back out there are a few clever things like that where i was like oh they're they're actually like giving multiple new features to to kind of keep things interesting throughout these levels uh but nathan what are your, what are your thoughts on kind of some of the some of the puzzles and, and level design yeah i think i share the same kind of sentiment that that says like they they are pretty simple but i think that works for this game's like overall like flavor like i think like you know something like this doesn't need like maybe the most intense puzzles in the world um mm -hmm. certainly not to the extent of like something like you know baba for you or something like that but um no i mean i liked it i think the thing i enjoyed most about the puzzles is like how a lot of them worked within the world a lot of them would have to do with like your character interactions with other characters and like how they would respond to it and so like for instance i like think about like this is kind of early on in the game when the you're going through the tower with all the ghosts in it and just like they're just so sassy when, and like your interactions with them in conjunction with like your puzzle solving and everything and then you know at one point you're looking um you know doing a little bit of uh searching for the like the boy scouts and stuff like that and like it's just the interactions with all the characters like combined with the puzzles i think really make this just like a really light fun like time and i that's what i'm mostly getting out of this more than just like oh like this is like a nice brain teaser like i guess mm -hmm. i adjusted for this kind of experience mm -hmm. getting right. the checklist task of finding the skeleton of baden powell was a very unexpected twist and uh i really like how they committed to the sort of a uh, boy scout americana horror uh in toem definitely yeah um yeah i think the the game itself is so so neat and joyous and uh short that uh i can't really fault it for not having puzzles that take more than 10 seconds to solve yeah i, I think part of that for me is like 
you know, I try to meet the game where it's at. Like, you know, Vincent, you compared it to like another experience. And I think that's fair. But also it's like, you know, did did Toem like accomplish what it was trying to do well? And like in my mind, I think it does. Obviously, uh, it isn't as complex, mm -hmm. but I don't think it overstays its welcome either is another key factor there. It's like, you know, uh, even for me going through and doing the 100%, um, I think I I think I told you guys that took me nine hours earlier. I was wrong about that. I like went back in and checked. I finished one hundred percent of the experience in under just under six hours. So I think you're in it. You're in and out of there, you know, pretty quickly. And you could probably spend more time taking photos if you wanted. But um, I respect I thought... that for sure. And and for like the stamp curation too it's easy to get a bunch of tasks done and get enough stamps to like leave and not have mm -hmm. to worry and the game also makes it very easy for you to go back and visit areas too like i think it's fun to just go around and chat with some people and mm -hmm. check old character portraits and stuff it's just when i like am given a task list and i'm given like a checklist i'm thinking like okay what's the complexity of these like tasks is there something that i should pr prioritize over something else and with tell them like i can really just kind of jaunt around and like accidentally complete the game and then be like all right what do i have left this this and this i know where they are so mm -hmm. that that is the comparison i'm drawing for sure so with some of those thoughts out there did you guys uh have a favorite town or any a place that you were enjoying taking pictures of, uh, or any favorite specific picture? Hmm. I really liked the mountain. I really liked the snowy mountain area. Um, I liked the Aurora Borealis. Uh, what did you guys play this on? I played it on PS5. I also yeah, played it on I, PS5. I played it on uh, PS5 as well. I think... Uh, I think I had chosen it, and then it, it went on the PlayStation Summer Sale, and I, I shouted that out to you guys. So I think we all jumped on that. I, I don't have any of my favorite pictures on me, unfortunately. If I uh, were to open up my file right now, maybe I could see them. But um, when I got to the Aurora Borealis, uh, my PS5 chugged. It, it The frame rate dropped. The frame what? rate dropped dramatically, and I was like, whoa oh that's this crazy. game is what now that's so weird to hear yeah the only uh instance of you color you... in the game like <laughs> oh no 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 not for not for toem i'm talking about like the the level right before it oh when okay you, like climb up to the top of that ladder and it's <laughs> yeah like, maybe it's because it's rendering the entire level at the time and maybe the game isn't strong enough but like i don't know like i figure that would be like not a a difficult thing to optimize especially because there is a ps5 and a ps4 version you yeah. think that the ps5 version you know typically a smaller file size than the ps4 versions like would be optimized for it this oh, game was just like true. you're playing baby games like ratchet and clank and return <laughs> for your ps5 wait till <laughs> you get here wait till you get to tow them and we'll start chugging oh, performance that's plus mode bolt <laughs> 
Uh, well, I think you should. Uh, I think you should screen cap a couple of them and and post uh, post on our Twitter some of your favorite photos there. I think um, one that comes to mind for me is I really liked uh, the sort of industrial city area. I thought there was a lot of really cool things going on there between uh, the tall buildings and some of the traffic. But of course, probably my favorite picture is the cat hanging off of the wire. If you guys saw that, um, and he's just. I mean, all of the like, all of the creatures and people are so cute because they're all like hand drawn and adorable, and this little cat uh, hanging on. And I think you get a trophy uh, that is like the hanging on <laughs> trophy. I thought that was a really great little moment. Nathan, did you did you have a favorite spot? Yeah, I mean, like like a, you know, share the same sentiment with Vince the or you know or. Borealis moment. Um, again, I, I I don't know why it was. It was just so early in the game, but the whole like ghost like section just like it was funny to me. I don't know why. It's just like yeah. I think sassy undead people are just hilarious to me. Ever since like Beetlejuice, so it's I don't know. I loved the uh, skeleton that has a little temper tantrum, and then when he's <laughs> done, he's like, "I'm good now." And then you take a photo of him. He's so beautiful. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, a couple of people that, like, once you help them out, you can take a, a nice portrait of them, and it's like a, I don't know, like, HD version of it, and yeah, those ones are really fun. It's like those uh, uh, Sp SpongeBob scenes where, like, they zoom in on, like, a grotesque, like, feature of, like, SpongeBob's pores, or, like, <laughs> a pimple on Patrick's back. That's what Toa <laughs> really reminds me of, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my goodness! <laughs> Um, so, and maybe this kind of leads into where your vote will lie as well, but I guess kind of my, one of my last final thoughts about Toem and this type of game, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how it's kind of just a vibe game. You kind of just go and do your thing. Doesn't really matter if or when you make it to the end exactly. Um, reminds me a lot of a short hike, uh, another sort of... Yeah indie you know walk around vibe game where you do have like an end goal um but it's mostly just about kind of like talking to the other people and 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 you know enjoying some relaxing time but i guess my kind of question with that is like is that enough to keep you entertained um and maybe like i said that does sort of lean into your your final verdict on it so maybe we'll go maybe also just go ahead and give your vote there but like is this enough to to keep you entertained and is this like the type of game that you would recommend to somebody um nathan i'll come back to you first yeah I'm, that's a really good comparison to make that I didn't think of till now, Michael, about the short hike because it, it coincidentally is also about climbing a mountain. Um, right. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, similar to a short hike. I think this game doesn't wear out its welcome for too long. I think you know you could definitely add more content to it by the experience that I got from it personally was just like really cool, and I. I think my only like gripe with it is like, yeah, maybe this could be like a ten dollar game rather than twenty bucks. Like personally, mm. that's just I think it's more of a price point than anything else. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. For sure, for sure. Um, so, are you uh, gonna vote a thumbs up? Then it sounds like I am going to vote a thumbs up for Tom. Perfect. That's our first thumbs up, Vincent. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the game? And uh, maybe you could mention, yeah, what are your thoughts on the value there as well? And then your vote. Mm -hmm. 
excellent comparison there on a short hike. Um, that is another sort of game that you take on at your own pace. There's a few little, there's a few little mini things that you can do. Um, but the exploration and the adventure up to the top is your own. So you take the hike and you fly around and you do your own things. I think that really provides you a lot of agency. And Toem does something similarly with its camera and its sort of use of perspectives, switching from that third-person top-down diorama to a first-person like uh, camera shooter. Um, but uh, for me, I would say this does not um, fulfill the sort of vibe promise that uh, I, I think it uh, wants to make. I think this is a beautiful game that's very sweet and very wholesome. I think it's a uh, wonderful little adventure that you should go on. I think for the Hall of Game, though, I think for me, no, this is a no for me. Ooh, one thumbs up and one thumbs down. Well spoken from both my co-hosts here. Um, for me, I think uh, I am going to vote thumbs up on this one. I think uh, I just had too much of a good time. It was so charming. And once I got out there and realized, like, your objective is to help people and get stamps so that you can get a free bus ride, I was like, this has to be the most wholesome game I've played, <laughs> at least in recent memory. Uh, and like we mentioned, kind of not overstaying its welcome. I think that is a key aspect because I could definitely see this dragging on a little bit if this was somewhere in the 10, 15 hours, something like that. Um, but, you know, it's really not you're in, you're spending as much time as you as you feel like and you're out. This is going to thumbs up for me. That's going to be majority thumbs up uh, and it will go into the Hall of Game for now. That is Toem, everybody. Good stuff. And when we come back, we will go right into Transistor. All right, and we are back, and we're taking a look at Transistor. Uh, Transistor, released on May 20 of 2014, developed and published by Supergiant Games. Uh, now, its genre on Wikipedia lists it as an action role-playing game and a turn-based strategy game, and I think that's one of the interesting aspects that we'll get into here in just a moment. Um... Hot off the heels of the major success of their debut title, Bastion, uh, developer Supergiant Games were feeling a lot of pressure to put out a compelling follow-up and prove that they weren't a one-hit wonder studio. The team had grown to 12, and their ambition had grown with them. They decided early on that they didn't want to play it safe and make a Bastion 2. Uh, and talk about ambition, listen to the rest of this sentence. Transistor would feature a science fiction love story in a cyberpunk setting and would try to capture the kind of drama and suspense of turn-based strategy games in an action RPG setting. Uh, <laughs> Zooey so, Mama. Yeah, so talk about ambition, and we'll, we'll see if it worked out for them. Uh, Lofty player... ambition, damn. <laughs> uh, players take control of Red, a famous singer in the city of Cloudbank. After a failed assassination attempt leaves her without her voice and in possession of the mysterious Transistor, a sword-like tool that seems to be able to absorb the consciousness of the recently deceased. Uh, Red battles robots, robot enemies known collectively as the Process across Cloudbank as she searches for members of the Camerata, uh, the elite group uh, responsible for releasing the Process 
which is now destroying the city, and the ones that attempted uh, to take her life. So, again, I think one of the first things uh, that we noticed about this game, we've got another one that just has an amazing sense of style. Um, we've got that cyberpunk setting and the super giant style sort of applied to it. And I think right away you just, yeah, notice, all right, this game looks very aesthetically cool. Um, I think there's a lot of really neat details in there as well uh, from the, you know, almost, almost, almost concept like a concept art like backdrops that just litter uh the city um and another aspect is like uh even just walking around you know uh red sort of drags the sword behind her and there's these little like energy sparks or something like trailing off on the sword as it drags on the ground you can press uh r1 to do nothing other than a cool flourish where she like throws up the sword and like does like a dance jump up to catch it like just to look cool um and another amazing soundtrack by darren korb uh, if you listen to every episode of this podcast you'll know i'm a big darren korb fan of supergiant with supergiant he always makes something amazing and uh this like old world jazzy but still electronic like uh sounds that he got for this game i think are just next level um but i want to get some of your guys's thoughts vincent i'll come to you first this time what are some of your initial thoughts on transistor uh my initial thoughts are uh we need to contact the studio that did arcane and get them working on a transistor series because mm. i think it would be a massive hit i think it would be amazing and they would be able to do a Hades series literally until the day they die and there would be no shortage of money. There would just be, okay, so uh, I should talk about the video game, right? <laughs> um, I, I love this game. This game is really great. I first played it a long time ago. Um, I can't even remember now, but uh, I do think it's really interesting, Supergiant trying out something completely different after the success of Bastion. You know, in a space where a lot of indie developers were really gaining traction, uh, indie devs were becoming very famous, um, and people were very interested in indie games. And uh, to see Supergiant just sort of like push themselves uh, past the sort of general... Um, there, there's like some uh, real-time combat in this game, but most of the turn-based stuff, wow, that is not like anything I had seen Supergiant do before or not really since in, in the same way. Um, yeah. So it, it returning to this game and seeing the like style and the sound and the way the combat plays, it, it was a true joy, especially after Hades. Awesome. Yeah, I I think uh, I think you said a few things there that resonate with me. Like, yeah, just so awesome to see uh, this studio take the ambition, have the ambition to say, yeah, let's not make Bastion two. Let's make something almost completely like the opposite in some ways. Like, uh, you know, Bastion had almost a sort of weird fantasy, maybe like it's somewhere backwards in time setting, and this one is like, no, we're going cyberpunk uh you know instead of just uh some more action combat let's try to figure out this like weird hybrid in between uh that i think actually works pretty well yeah so that combat style that we mentioned yeah you can do 
um, you know, all of your moves in real time, but you can also pause in what I think is called your turn, and then everything freezes, and then you can kind of plan out uh, certain moves and then execute them, and it'll return to real time and execute the moves that you had planned out during your turn. Such a cool system that, yeah, I don't think we've seen anything exactly like before or after. Nathan, what are some of your thoughts uh, getting into Transistor and testing out this sort of weird new combat system? It certainly is unique. Um, I mean, the first thing like that struck me, just like every Supergiant game at this point, is its style, right? They've really nailed that like kind of isometric uh, art style, but they adds so many layers especially to their backgrounds like it's incredible how good looking these games really are and just each you know area that you travel into in all their games bastion um hades and transistor i i've never played pyre so i can't speak for that but um <laughs> they're all they're so unique and, and like you know to have that accompaniment with the music and everything it just breathes life into this relatively smallish looking world right and i'm just always always a joy to like see the presentation that they put on these games um as far as the comic goes man i don't know how i feel about it i i really i i don't know i i'm pretty like lenient for the most part when it comes to like trying out new stuff mm -hmm. like especially in games and I, I like the idea of experimenting um and you know indie games do this better than most big triple a studios these days if we've seen i just didn't like really vibe with it as much as i thought i was going to um i thought it was really cool like your abilities that you would get and like how you could like stack those abilities and like use them to your advantage but more times than not i think i was just frustrated with some of the like enemy placement and like how you know you had to use abilities to traverse around and kind mm -hmm. of that i i don't know the the weird meshing didn't quite make make me compelled to like play through it as much as i wanted to it was yeah. more the actual world itself that i enjoyed going through rather than actually physically playing this game i guess totally and uh yeah i think i have certain gripes with uh the combat system as well one thing for me is like you know, using your turn is cool, but then when you come back out of your turn, you didn't always have enough to finish out all of your opponents. And then you're left in a space where you can't do any of your real-time uh, moves again until, mm -hmm. like, your energy bar refills. And so sometimes... Cool is the worst. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you're kind of left out in the open being like all right, well, there's nothing I can do now until my thing came back. And and in that way, I think it almost discourages you from some experimentation because maybe you find something that kind of works for you and then you kind of stick with it because you're like, well, I, I don't know, because if I switch to something else, I might just get caught out without energy and then be like, all right, well, now what? Um, one thing that I did like that I do think they try to help you out a little bit with is there's like this break room that you go to a few times throughout the throughout the playthrough and they've got like kind of some challenge rooms there and if you take the time to go into those challenge rooms they do a couple where it's like um they put you in a room and they spawn in a certain amount of enemies and then they start your turn immediately and they give you like one or two specific abilities and they say all right try to like solve this room 
in one turn and tests those were my absolute favorites in the room there was like then giving you a chance to experiment a little bit and like figure out uh, some of the abilities a little bit more and i did like that but yeah i i kind of i kind of get that sentiment nathan of like yeah in some ways i think the combat system like doesn't work uh all the time but but yeah i still like the ambition behind it um Kind of with that combat still in mind, then what were some of the combinations uh, that you were finding were working best for you? Vince, I'll come back uh, to you first here. Was there a was there a certain one or two or yeah multiples that you found were making good combinations mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. So uh, what I really love about the combat is that sort of um, uh, like execution area. You have this stamina meter basically, and every move that you've slotted in. Uh, takes up a certain amount of that stamina. Um, you can modify that with some of your uh, upgrades, um, some of your abilities. I don't remember which one. I think it's like ping makes uh, moves cost less uh, when they're in execution mode, which is great. So I had a um, I had a weakness um, like a like a vulnerability check. Uh, that I could bump. I think it was bump. Um, and then I had my uh, big laser with a ping attached. So I made everyone vulnerable. And then I like stood in a line uh, like behind them and uh, shot them with like one big shot. Um, so that was something I did. I also had a ton of fun working with the uh, passive abilities too. Um, there are some really great like... Um, combat like moves that i never really used for like uh for uh beating enemies uh and never really used to upgrade any of my skills but mm. were great for like passive and uh one thing i did really like about this game is when you die like uh sometimes your uh skills get corrupted for like a save point or two so uh you have to wait a minute before you get access back to them so you're sort of forced to now that you have this restored like slotted in ram um you can uh choose different moves to sort of fit that like ram space and mm -hmm. i that's how i learned that i really like bump that's how i learned that i really liked sling uh i did sling with laser and then um either like sickness or um explode on it and basically like created this like deadly long range um like hook that mm -hmm. cost almost um almost no like cost and yeah. it dealt more damage the farther out you were yeah and that's that's cool and yeah i think that's I, that is like one of the highlights of the system they made here is like there is a lot of uh different kind of experimenting and combinations that you can do yeah you abilities have like their sort of main slotted ability and then any one of those abilities you can actually slot into an upgrade slot on a different ability and they have different effects and then yes the passives as well um so i i was using uh i think that same like uh, weakness giving ability. I forgot like all of the names. They yeah, all right. Have, like, <laughs> a, a fun one word name. Yeah, I would use like they're all like computer actions. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I would use yeah the one that makes enemies even weaker after you hit them. And then uh, I had like 
it's the big old like uppercut one that's like really strong and i would put the explosive upgrade on that as well so then between the weakness strike and then the explosive like huge um uppercut ability i would like kill pretty much everything in like one hit <laughs> but then of course i'd have to go on cooldown afterwards oh yeah making packets uh takes up a lot of your execution and like turn management and uh then when you like hit them you do so much damage but you know hitting them is also another turn you have to take so what's the best totally. way i can sort of set myself around this like group of enemies and use my skills to the best of my ability yeah yeah and um just one other ability that i'll shout out that i thought was a lot of fun was uh putting the uh the brainwash friend whatever uh, ability on my dash uh as an upgrade because then i could dash through an enemy make them a friend for like less time than the full like brainwash ability but that was kind of a an added like thing to help me survive in between uh turns because you can still dash uh when you're out of energy or whatever um and when you were brainwashing the enemies that gave them just another target for another second or two that was helpful um That's Nathan, yeah yeah and yeah just like that system of being able to put in any of the abilities as sort of like a passive on one of the others that i i did think that was cool nathan which ones were you finding the most success with Man, load those packets, honestly. Like, just yeah. load them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, it, you could use almost any combination, but as long as you had those packets out there and then you just, like, kind of fire into the, like, dynamite, you know, essentially, whether it was, like, Spark or, you know, what Vincent was doing. Mm -hmm. It just. What's nice about, like, outside of turns is that uh, all of your skills have no cooldown. So you can, if you're, like, pointed in the right direction, set off some of your packets and do some real damage before you like go into your turn and do even more. Exactly. Well, and there was like some abilities too. Like if you, I forget what it was when you like strapped um, that as a passive to like either like your crash or any of those abilities, like it allows you to use it outside of combat. And so like, you know, it'd be really easy just to follow up if there was a couple like left over. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was just like little things like that. All right, and then talking a little bit more about uh, some of the story elements, certain aspects of the game are actually pretty ambiguous. Um, there's uh, kind of a lot of stuff that uh, the game doesn't spoon feed to you. Like we join Red at a very particular time in her life where she's already kind of an established character around this city. Um, we don't even see like that much of the city, it feels like. Um, so I was kind of wondering, uh, how do you, how does that sit with you guys? Um, are you okay with kind of just getting these bits and pieces of this story? And uh, is the amb ambiguity a good thing, a bad thing? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Nathan? I'll come right back to you again. I thought it was pretty good. I, I like to be drip fed um, my story elements personally. I don't like exposition to be super front loaded like a lot of games do. So I did appreciate kind of the more environmental storytelling that this game did, especially through like the terminals and stuff. And then like your interactions with the transistor, you know, such. Um, kind of stranger in a strange land almost in a lot of ways. But it's, yeah, no, I, 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 I liked. I think that was one of the big things that, like, I took away from this game was that aspect of it, and, like, you know, everything comes full circle at the end. But, yeah, no, it was cool. I think yeah. 
for me the the terminals are some of the like juiciest little bits of story and i could probably you know how uh sometimes you like watch a sci-fi film and they pull out a cool gadget and you're like okay i'm gonna be thinking about only that gadget for the rest of the movie like wondering like what the practical application yeah yeah the the sort of like must interact terminal system to decide like public polling and also what weather you want to see tomorrow like how weird and interesting and then i look at twitter and i'm just like oh trending topics they don't even give us a terminal they just give us the thing to talk about got it (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, the terminals yeah that's such a good thing to bring up and um, I don't even know if I caught this the first time around or just had been a while and kind of forgot, but the terminals too, like you have to go to them because yeah, your character Red has her voice taken away. And like I said, I don't even know if I picked this up the first time, but she uses the terminals to communicate with the transistor uh, because you're, the transistor has uh, the consciousness of what I guess is either her husband, lover, someone. Um, and he is speaking to you throughout the game. And uh, there are a couple of times when you're able to talk back to him. And that's when Red will like kind of type out an answer to one of the polls on the terminal and then erase stuff and then like type something. He's going back and forth with the transistor. I don't even know if I picked that up the first time, but that's such a nice little detail. And yeah, made those terminals like essential to to get to. so yeah, I, I liked it all too, and I think um, by the end, yeah, if you had been looking at the terminals and um, every ability that you get is sort of like tied to a person, um, and if you go in, I think they're at the uh, the checkpoints, at the access points, you can go in and look at the details of like the people and you can unlock like their profile like a little bit more by using them in combat. Um, which I thought was a nice thing there as well. You know, we played a few games where a lot of the world building is done in, like, text and stuff, and, you know, that's for or not for you, more or less, sort of depending on who you are. But, yeah, I thought it worked really nice here with Transistor. Yeah. Um, That pretty much brings us towards the end of our conversation here for Transistor, then. So let's go ahead and get some final thoughts as well as your vote. Um, Vince, it'll swing right back to you here now. Um, what's your final vote and final thoughts on Transistor then? I was I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure out like what the touchstones are that sort of inspire this world. And it is Cyberpunk Great Gatsby, um, which is uh, wonderful because I do love this sort of jazzy, regal um, uh, 20s and 30s exterior uh, of Cloud Bank, plus these like really great... Uh, light um i i don't want to say blade runner i want to say like fifth element is the sort of style of like neon and sci-fi that i'm picking up around in cloud bank but oh i love this game i think the combat's great i think the story is great all the music is really good i think just the story writing of like a uh high class society trying to control uh the city um and taking away the literal voice of a, a revolutionary because you know that's what that's what uh dominating classes want they want to take away your ability to organize and 
sure enough, this game is just uh, pretty as hell and fun to play, and the music is great, and the art is beautiful. So for me, this is a thumbs up. I am so happy we had a chance to play this game again. That is one thumbs up from Vincent. Nathan, what do you think about Transistor? Yeah, this is a weird one for me. I definitely like loved the aesthetic of like the game i think everything like from the visual like backgrounds of it of cloud bank are just gorgeous the soundtrack that accompanies each area is just awesome to listen to and just like kind of bump your head to and like i i love the interactions with red and like the transistor as well and just like that weird narration style that's has become kind of a super giant trait you know like starting from bash and forward um it's all so cool i what it comes down to about this, and this isn't always like a problem for me for video games, but the, it was for this one is that like I just didn't like really enjoy the actual gameplay of it as much as I mm-hmm. wanted to, and that's why it's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of a slog for me to play through. Uh, kind of like you know we mentioned Arcane earlier, and I think that was a good comparison because you know that's uh, another video game I don't really enjoy playing anymore is League of Legends, but <laughs> I think that's such a cool world that it's brilliant of them to do other things with that property. And I think what the world they built in Transistor has that potential as well. But as it stands, I'm going to have to give this game a thumbs down. All right, another split decision coming back to me. Um, I think you think you guys are onto something. You've put something into my mind that I didn't think I wanted so bad, but the Transistor animated series. Let's go. That sounds amazing. Um, Doesn't it? I mean, it would be so easy to just, because I was thinking about if they did it live action, how cool that would be. And it would be pretty interesting to see a lot of like red growing up. And it was like, no, wait a second. Hold on. This game already has all of the art. It just needs the team. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think Arcane, (laughs) I think that studio. Um, For me, one game that I think always is has a like a really big spot in my heart is Bastion. I love that first Super Giant games, and um, I was so blown away by Transistor as a follow up to. Uh, in you know, I played originally in 2014, and it was like one of the first games I think I had on my PlayStation 4. I was like, wow, I can't believe like I love their follow-up game like just as much it's so different uh but at the same time like I'm always going to be interested in whatever this studio is doing um so Transistor just as well has a big big spot in my heart I I love Transistor I'm going to give it a thumbs up here as well um so that's going to be a majority for both of our games here unprecedented at the HGZ show um but good stuff I think uh these were both a lot of fun to play for our June games of the month. But that's pretty much going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hardcore Gamer Show. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our Game Club pick for July 2022. Join us on Discord to talk all things video games. Send us your thoughts about Toem, Transistor, or any other games you'd like us to play for Game Club to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter. Nathan is at, I guess, Nathan. Vincent is at Hillian Himbo. And I am at Sensei Dank. Until next time, thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Vincent. My name is Michael Koval. This has been the Hardcore Gamer Show. Gamers out. <laughs>